We're the Denver Broncos cheerleaders, and you're listening to Sports Crunch with DCROM. kittens are. This is Sports Crunch with D-Crom. I'm your host, David Cromwell, and we are less than one week away from the 2023 NFL Draft. And when you hear this recording, all draft boards across the NFL will have been finalized, and in the next few days, all 32 clubs will finish putting together their draft game plans so they're prepared for whatever scenario possible. And as they do so, we will make the final two stops in our annual NFL Draft Divisional Tour. And the division we visit today is expected by many to be the most competitive and entertaining division in the National Football League this season, the AFC East. And joining us to share his two cents on what the Jets, Patriots, Dolphins, and Bills need to do in the draft to gain an advantage on their division rivals is our good friend Billy Rossetti, who currently covers the New York Jets for the USA Today Jets Wire. Billy, it's great to have you with us again. How are you doing, my man? I'm doing well, man. Glad to be here. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great, thanks. Uh, our version of a Christmas Hanukkah Kwanzaa, as of this recording's release, is less than a week away. I just uh, cannot wait to uh, get by all the uh, smoke screens and subterfuge and to the truth. Oh yeah, the the long way here to the draft is always is always a tough one. So it's finally exciting that we're you know so close to it. So I'm definitely ready for it to get going there. Likewise, and uh, let's kick things off with the team you cover, the uh, New York Jets. And when it comes to the Jets in this draft, the one big question above all others is obviously when the trade for Aaron Rodgers will be completed. And as has been reported by Albert Breer and others, a deal is closer than many think. Per Albert Breer, the teams basically agreed that one of the Jets' two 2023 second-round picks would be sent to Green Bay in such a trade and not their 2023 first-round pick. The main hangup, however, remains what potential 2024 and 2025 draft capital sets of the Packers will look like. For instance, the Packers seem to want the Jets' 2024 first-round pick, but the Jets want to attach certain conditions and protections to such a pick in the event Aaron Rodgers retires after the 2023 season. While I'd be shocked, and I mean shocked, if this deal doesn't get done eventually, my question to you, Billy, is do you think this trade goes down during the draft or after the draft? I could see this happening during the draft. I think, uh, you know, both sides are obviously very dug in in their stands. And the Jets have to feel, hey, if the Packers aren't able to make a trade before the start of the draft, then we're perfectly fine keeping the 13th overall pick. We're fine keeping, you know, three picks in the top 50. But I could see a scenario where, you go through the first night of the draft, nothing happens, and then some point Friday, something clicks, and the Packers get one of those second-round picks, as, as you mentioned, and then maybe something, maybe, maybe they finally decide on some kind of compensation for uh, the 2024 pick, and then you know you mentioned 2025 as well, which is certainly possible uh, in the event that say Rogers doesn't play uh, in 24. So I, I think. I still am holding out hope that uh, or still kind of holding belief that around the draft, like at some point, whether it's even before the first round or at some point uh, that, that it's, it's going to get done here. I think eventually the two sides are finally going to figure something out because obviously too, you know, the Packers don't want to wait too long because 
Rodgers can easily just come right back into their camp and be like, okay, now you owe me $60 million. So the Packers, I would imagine, want to avoid that. So I think they want to get a deal done uh, as quick as possible as well. So I still feel the, uh, during the draft is, uh, is probably a good time frame for this to happen. Uh, I think so as well. Uh, the Jets uh, need Aaron Rodgers in that building ASAP, and the uh, Packers definitely want to get rid of uh, his uh, distractions, at least in their eyes, uh, as soon as possible. So there's definitely incentive for both sides to strike a deal at some point during the uh, draft. And uh, aside from Nathaniel Hackett, by the way, no offense to Nathaniel Hackett, he may not have been meant to be a head coach in the NFL, but he is a darn good offensive coordinator. There are plenty of other good reasons for Aaron Rodgers to spend the final year or two of his career with the Jets. When you look at this Jets roster, it is one that's absolutely loaded, and I mean loaded, with young talent that can match almost any other position group in the NFL pound for pound. Outside of offensive line, do you see any other glaring holes on this Jets roster? I think you look at a couple spots on defense that they could probably stand to improve during the draft. I think one is defensive tackle. Uh, obviously, you know, Quinn and Williams is there. You got, and I, I think once the Aaron Rodgers deal is done, then you're going to move on to the Quinn and Williams contract and try to get that done. And I, cause I think, you know, you want to figure out what your cap situation is. You want to figure out really just kind of where you stand before you get into, you know, with Rodgers. And, and from that standpoint, before you kind of move on to some of the other major spots. But I think once that domino falls, everything else is going to kind of fall into place. But after Quinnen, you know, they did just sign uh, Quentin Jefferson, a nice veteran guy here, 30 years old, coming off uh, really one of his better seasons, five and a half sacks with the Seahawks. But they really don't have much after those two because, you know, you lose Sheldon. I mean, they did re-sign Solomon Thomas, but you lose Sheldon Rankins uh, in free agency. You lost uh, Nathan Shepard in free agency. So the depth really isn't that strong right now. So I think they're probably going to go after that position. Uh, very possibly, maybe second round, maybe a guy like Miles Smith comes to mind. Uh, and then the safety position, I think, is another spot to look at as well. They did trade for Chuck Clark, but you only have him under contract right now for one year. So you don't know what you're going to have with him. Uh, always uh, the future of Jordan White. Uh, Jordan Whitehead uh, is kind of so-so. He could easily... They could cut him if they want to and, and save a little bit of the cap space, or they could just kind of let him ride uh, for the rest of this year. Uh, uh, after that, I mean, they they like Tony Adams. He had a nice run as an undrafted guy. Uh, but Ashton Davis really hasn't panned out. You know, and, and LaMarcus Joyner is a free agent, still possibly could retire. Uh, but Chuck Clark basically is going to replace uh, Joyner at this point. So I think that's another position that you kind of stand to uh, – that they could uh, look to improve uh, at some point here in the draft. Uh, I mean, you mentioned offensive line, tackle and center, obviously are, are two big pieces. Uh, other than that, I think they're, they're pretty set. I mean, you know, they, they'll probably add another edge rusher in the draft as well. So just kind of touch up pieces on the defense, but that those would probably be the, the two biggest pieces. Uh, if, you know, if we're, excluding uh, offensive line, obviously, I'd say with defensive tackle and safety.
Oh, that's an excellent point about the uh, Jets and defensive tackle position uh, sans uh, Quinton Williams, because after Quinton Williams, their depth is paper thin right now, and the success of the Robert Sala defense uh, is uh, highly dependent on the depth of the defensive line, and adding to that interior defensive line room is going to be very important for the New York Jets uh, in this draft. And now on to the New England Patriots. In the past week or so, Word got out of New England that the Patriots were shopping quarterback Mac Jones, who was obviously their 2021 first-round pick. But that said, according to Benjamin Albright of KOA Radio in Colorado, this all occurred before the Patriots hired Bill O'Brien as their offensive coordinator. Bill O'Brien, as I'm sure you know, is a big fan of Mac Jones because of their days together at Alabama. Thus, as much favor as Mac Jones may have lost with Bill Belichick because of his conduct last season, most signs point to him getting one more shot to be the long-term successor to Tom Brady in New England. But the Patriots badly, and I mean badly, need another big weapon at wide receiver to give to Mac Jones or to Bailey Zappi should he beat Mac Jones up for the starting job at training camp. The best possible chance at success this season. But that said... This year's wide receiver class truly lacks legit proven wide receiver ones. And according to uh, Jim Nagy, the director of the Senior Bowl, the consensus around the NFL appears to be that there is only one. One wide receiver prospect with a first-round grade, and that's Jackson Smith in Jigba of Ohio State. If the Patriots do not select Jackson Smith and Jigba in the first round, do you think they're more likely to trade for a veteran wide receiver like DeAndre Hopkins than, say, take one in the second round? Yeah, I mean, if they don't take... JSN, which you know, who know who knows if he'll even still be on the board. It's you know, I wouldn't even rule out the Jets taking him at thirteen. Uh, I could definitely see them going after someone like uh like DeAndre Hopkins, get that veteran body in there. You know, like you said, they 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 need weapons. Um, they obviously lost uh Jacoby Myers to Vegas. They you know, so they're kind of, eh, you know, they lost Nelson Aguilar as well. So they could really use that big body. But, I mean, it's obviously not a star-studded wide receiver class, like you said. But there's obviously some, you know, some good wide receivers. Yes. You know, they could uh, they could easily get somebody there uh, in the, uh, like, like on day two. But, you know, the, the rumors obviously have been there on DeAndre Hopkins. And Arizona, I think, just kind of needs to almost hit hit the reset button. You know, it's kind of you know new new regimes can be really fascinating. They're talking of trading out of number three. Really going to be interesting to see what they do. I can certainly see the Patriots being in contention. I, I know there was that video of uh, of DeAndre Hopkins kind of doing the whole like you know give us your body language on some of these teams, and he wasn't too keen on the Patriots. He wasn't keen on the Jets either, for that matter. Um, but I think Hopkins in that uh in that offense, you know, certainly it's gonna be a much better offense than uh than what they were running last year. At least they have someone like Bill O'Brien running the show there now. So yeah, I I could totally see them making a deal or trying to go after DeAndre Hopkins kind of leading up to the draft. And if you know, possibly if they can't do it by the draft, then you know maybe they settle on uh, on somebody on say day two. 
Yes, and should the Patriots be unable to trade for DeAndre Hopkins or another uh, veteran wide receiver that's been a shock, so to speak, uh, before they're on the clock in the second round? They may have to take a wide receiver there, assuming they don't get JSN uh, with the uh, 14th uh, overall pick. And a lot of these uh, wide receivers that are being mocked in uh, first-round mocks are going to fall into the second round, according to many around the NFL. So the Patriots should have more than their uh, fair share of uh, options there. And now on to the Miami Dolphins. After the very promising start to the Mike McDaniel era last year, the Dolphins, as of right now, have the lowest number of picks out of any team in this draft with four. While that is in part due to the Dolphins forfeiting their own first-round pick due to tampering charges, it's even more so because they are going all in, and I mean all in. At the deadline last season, they traded away the first-round pick they received from the 49ers in the Trey Lance trade for Bradley Chubb, and just a month ago, traded away one of their 2023 third-round picks for Jalen Ramsey. Plus, they hired the architect of the modern NFL defense himself in Vic Fangio as their defensive coordinator. Based on what the Dolphins have done this spring, do you think anything less than a deep playoff run this season should be considered a failure for them? Yeah, I mean, we we saw obviously what they did last season and kind of, you know, they, they were able to back into the playoffs and really gave Buffalo quite a run in that playoff game. Yeah. And this was with, you know, Skyler Thompson next to nothing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Skyler Thompson at quarterback. You get to a back, you have, you know, obviously Tyreek and Jalen fully ready to go. Um, like you mentioned, they, they bring in all these pieces. They're basically going all in. Um, I mean, you know, obviously you have to, I think you have to address the offensive line a little bit. You really need to fix that, you know, maybe uh, get some running back help a little bit there as well but yeah i mean this is uh th this is the time i think for the, for the for the miami dolphins i think the pieces are all there i'm really excited to see you know not just jalen ramsey but i mean they have guys obviously on like every level of the defense I and mean, you got christian wilkins up front you've got a really good uh linebacker duo there or a really good linebacker group there as well there, there's a lot of talent on this Miami defense. So I'm really excited to see what they can do uh, with Vic Fangio. Um, like I said, you, you improve that offensive line, you give Tua some time and, you know, you, you just hope that Tua obviously stays healthy after what we saw last season. But Amen. yeah, I, I think this team fully expects to uh, compete in, in the division and, you know, you know, try to make a run. They're, they're trying to make a run for the Super Bowl here. So yeah, I think they, that at least need to win a, a playoff game, if not, uh, you know, make, make a little bit of run and win uh, a couple of playoff games. It's not enough at this point to uh, to just get into the playoffs like they did last season. Now it's time to actually make some noise because you don't know what the future is of two of with all his health issues. Um, Tyreek Hill said he's retiring in two years. You have Jalen Ramsey for two years, but after that. You know the the future is really up in the air. This is a this is certainly a, a win now. It almost feels like the Rams in in a way with the way they're kind of going after going after all this. So really intrigued by the Dolphins this year. Oh, absolutely. Uh, they've essentially embraced the FM pick strategy this year, so to speak. Indeed, they, they really have. You said it. 
And now on to the reigning AFC East champion, Buffalo Bills. As their awful playoff loss to the Bengals last season showed, the Bills still have several major areas of need to address in order for them to take that next big step forward. First, they need another big threat to rush the passer opposite of Von Miller, who is coming off the second torn ACL of his career and is going to be uh, 34 years old this season, I think. Second, they need some upgrades on the offensive line in order to better protect Josh Allen. And last but certainly not least, they need another threat at wide receiver or a do-it-all running back in order to make sure the offense doesn't stagnate or take a step backward. If you're Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott, which of those three areas of need would be the most ideal to address with that 27th overall pick? I think with how kind of top heavy this offensive line group is, especially a tackle, I think if one of those will say kind of big five, because it sounds like, you know, maybe five guys we're talking, you know, you have your quote unquote big three, I think of Skaronsky Jones and uh, Paris Johnson, you know, uh, Darnell, uh, Darnell Wright's going to be in that mix. So depending on how the board falls, you're kind of hoping one of those, one of those uh, top offensive guy or offensive linemen uh, kind of falls to you there. Excuse me, at twenty-seven. If not, you know maybe if a Quentin uh, Quentin Johnston is available. If you know maybe if he falls, maybe JSN. <laughs> maybe you make a move uh, for JSN here. So, but I think yeah, off- offensive line. I think you know you need to because again we we talked about how it's not really a top heavy wide receiver group but there's good talent in like in in the middle rounds and i think the bills would probably be well served to uh you know i I think they can afford to wait and get one of those guys in the in the middle rounds whereas offensive tackle it's not really that deep you know so once those top guys go it's going to be really interesting to see how some of the rest of these guys go maybe a a jalen duncan in round two, I don't know what their uh, what their direction would be, but one of those top guys, if you know, maybe they find a way to get a a Darnell right there out of Tennessee, then I think that would be a good direction for for them to go. Oh, absolutely. But the problem is I do not see Darnell Wright uh, lasting uh, that long. Uh, But uh, as uh, top heavy as the tackles may be, the interior offensive line group is even more top heavy and the Bills could definitely use some help there. And if uh, like, say, I'm going to be the best uh, pure guard in this draft and Osiris Torrance is there at 27, he could be an option for them. He would absolutely, yeah. I mean, uh, Osiris, you know, we saw him down the mobile. He is a, he's a tank. He he really is. I mean, the way he just moves and just kind of bullies people. I, uh, whoever gets him is going to get one incredible uh, football player. Most definitely. And he is Billy Rossetti, ladies and gentlemen of the USA Today Jets Wire. Follow him on Twitter at Billy underscore Rissetti, R-I-C-C-E-T-T-E. Billy, thank you so much for joining us. But as we always do on our NFL Draft Divisional Tour, three round marks for all four teams in the division, starting with your New York Jets. And they got their pick of the litter at tackle here to a certain degree. They got Paris Johnson Jr. and Darnell Wright still on the board. Anton Harrison is still on the board as well, but he's more of a late round one or early uh, round two type of guy, at least in my opinion. So Paris Johnson Jr. or Darnell Wright, take your pick, Joe Douglas. Uh, this is the board. I'm probably sprint. If I'm Joe Douglas, I'm probably sprinting to the podium with the card. 
for Paris Johnson. Uh, the Jets actually just met with him uh, earlier in the week here. I think he's one of the top three offensive tackles. You know, kind of, I know it's kind of like group thing, but I think it's pretty fair to say that Johnson is, uh, you know, just, just really, really good. Uh, and he gives you a lot. He gives you a little bit of flexibility too. He he can move around the line a little bit, but I think he would be your left tackle of the future. He would start at right tackle because they like Dwayne Brown still this year at left tackle. Uh, so you could easily put Paris Johnson there at right, and then move him to left. But yeah, if Harris is there at, thir- at thirteen, I think he's uh, I think he's going to be the guy. I believe he'd be the guy in that circumstance as well. And now we are on the clock again with the 42nd overall pick, the pick the Jets got from the Browns in the Elijah Moore trade. And uh, the uh, best uh, players on the board here are, uh, why is PFF so high on Tanner McKee? I'll just never, never know. Uh, Diane Henley, linebacker out of Washington State. Sam Laporte out of Iowa. Jack Campbell out of Iowa. If you want to uh, upgrade that linebacker position, uh, CJ Mosley is no spring chicken. Uh, Jack Campbell uh, would be very much worth considering here. Uh, Steve Avila, if uh, you want another uh, bookended guard to Elijah Vera Tucker on that offensive line. Uh, Luke Weipler, uh, uh, bigger part, you do have Lake and Thomason though, but uh, if you want to upgrade that center position, Luke Weipler is a perfect fit for the, the, the Nathaniel Hackett uh, zone-based uh, offense. Uh, you also got Joe Tipman on the board as well. Uh, Keanu Benton is the best uh, interior defensive lineman uh, on the board right now. And uh, given how thin this uh, crop of defensive tackles is, uh, do you think uh, uh, Keanu Benton is uh, worth it here? I, I do like Keanu Benton. I, I think he he would fit really well uh, in, in this defense. I'm a bit, I'm a big fan of his, but um, and I'm assuming John Michael Schmitz is off the board, and I see uh, Aware just went off the board. I, I think he. Would uh, John be... Michael Schmitz actually is still here, so that complicates things a bit. So we do have our, so we do have our pick here of the uh, of the safeties here, but uh, Aware, if I'm saying i apologize if i'm mixing that messing that up but <laughs> i he would he would be a, a fantastic option i think for the jets but yeah, uh, he's not an option here uh i really like joe tipman though here i i think uh the jets need to solidify that center position they have interest in ben jones and i think they might eventually sign him and um you know even if they don't i think they could re-sign Connor mcgovern but you still need somebody long-term. And I think Tipman is uh, is a really good option. It obviously comes from, you know, the, the power running scheme that we see at Wisconsin. So I think he could uh, work really well here uh, to open up holes for Brees Hall. And, I mean, you know, the Jets have back-to-back picks here, which is obviously a, a really good position. So we oh. go with Tipman here. And, um, you know, there's a, a couple other options here as well. I think Campbell can be an option you know, long-term uh, pairing with uh, Quincy Williams. I think um, I think Luke Musgrave is actually an, an intriguing option here because you didn't get really what you hoped for with your top two tight ends, really a, a bunch of your top tight ends. You know, you yeah. took Jer- yeah. uh, Jeremy Ruckert in the third round last year. You know, maybe they're still hoping he kind of develops, but I I think the Jets would really like to have a really intriguing kind of pass catching tight end here. And I'm really intrigued. 
I, I think we're going to – I I know some people are like, why are they going to take a tight end, especially early? But I could really see them going Musgrave here. So I, I think that's where we're going to go with. I think I'm going to add – especially since we're going all in on this year with Aaron Rodgers, get him some weapons, you know, and, and Musgrave is just uh, – he, he's just really good in the middle of the field. So let's get Musgrave in there. Let's get another weapon for Aaron Rodgers, and let's, you know, do something here. Uh, that is uh, definitely a justifiable investment there if the Jets do indeed keep their two uh, second-round picks and wait to trade Aaron Rodgers after uh, the draft. And now on to the New England Patriots and the board at 14 overall. Jackson Smith and Jigba is still here. If he is the top guy on the board right now, uh, do you sprint to the podium if you're, if you're Bill Belichick? I consider him. For sure. Um, or Dalton Kincaid, Dalton, even. Dalton, Dalton Kincaid is an intriguing option. Um, well, even Paris Johnson Jr. is on, on the board here. We gave him to the Jets, as, so, as well, so he's off we, the board in reality. He's off the board here. <laughs> so this this is an in, intriguing because, you know, the, the Patriots just feel like they kind of need a, a little bit of everything, really. Um. Yeah, you can go Darnell Wright than, too. Yeah, you know, Darnell Wright is a possibility. They there there's a lot of options here. Um I think we will go ahead and go with JSN though to uh you know, because JSN's gonna give you a guy that can do a little bit of everything, right? You can you know mm -hmm. put him outside, you can put him inside, you can, you can kind of really move him around really just one of those kind of like perfect weapons that a guy like Mac Jones kind of needs here. So I think, uh, I think JSN would be really intriguing uh, for New England here. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Patriots uh, right. did sign a Juju, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, but uh, mm -hmm. he's not a, a clear-cut wide receiver. What JSN uh, arguably can be that from day one. I, I think JSN, you know, certainly would compliment Juju. Uh, very well here so I think yeah, that would be absolutely. really intriguing and the Patriots were on the clock again now with the 46th overall pick we already took a wide receiver so Josh Downs is uh, not a consideration here uh, Tyreek Stevenson this is a little too rich for for him uh, Steve Avila this guy could play all three interior offensive line positions Bill Belichick would definitely love that in him uh, Jameer Gibbs yeah they have Ramondre uh, Stevenson uh, but uh, Bill Belichick loves to do a backfield by committee, and Bill Belichick loves pure receiving backs. Jameer Gibbs uh, would be a perfect fit in the Bill O'Brien offense. And plus, Bill O'Brien, Bill O'Brien, coach him at Alabama. He'd pound the table for Jameer Gibbs if he was on the board here. And, and that's the thing, too, is in when we actually get to the draft, is Gibbs even still going to be on the board here at, at 46? Yeah. I think yeah. that would be uh... – Really intriguing here. Yeah, this could be a steal. But I see Matthew Bergeron there too, and I, I think Matt, I think he's such a sleeper. I, I think yeah. you know again another guy you and I saw uh, down in Mobile. I think he really kind of raised his value, and the Patriots need tackles bad. I mean, Trent Brown came back and was just terrible, which which was un unfortunate to see because he was so good his first time around in New England. Got to get somebody in there to protect Mac Jones. I think I'm going to go with uh, Matthew Bergeron here, Syrac you know, yeah. Syracuse guy, you know, not quite Rutgers, but yeah. cl close enough, I guess. Uh, yes, and plus uh, the Patriots uh, love these uh, 
tackle guard kind of hybrid players. Uh, like uh, they drafted Isaiah Wynn, who was a similar kind of player back in uh, 2018. Uh, Matthew Bergeron would definitely make sense. So Matthew Bergeron the pick for the New England Patriots at, at 46. And uh, what was that, Billy? Yeah, another example of, you know, a player that just did not fare. Well, obviously injuries were a big factor, but uh, unfortunately Wynn just did not pan out uh, in New England here. Yes, and we are back on the clock at 76 overall to conclude this three-round mock for the Patriots. Darnell oh, Washington. Boy. Oh, my God. He's a Belichick <laughs> kind of you didn't even, kind of You didn't even have to say his name. Because uh, <laughs> obviously, I, you know, for those listening, obviously I could see the board. I saw that name right away here available. I mean, I, I think Darnell Washington's good enough to go in the first round. I mean, the way he moved, we obviously saw his numbers at the Combine. I mean, he's just a freak athlete yes. for someone that's 200, like 260 pounds. You put him in that New England offense and let Mac Jones throw to him, and now we have Darnell Washington and JSN to throw to, you know, with Juju. Man, that that offense yeah. gets completely flipped on its head from what it so, was last totally. year. And you do have Mike Jasicki, but Jasicki's not an inline tight end like Darnell Washington. Plus, Jasicki is only on a one-year Absolutely. You also have Hunter Henry, too, but uh, Bill O'Brien loves uh, – multiple tight end packages that if he could get that third tight end in a rotation, he'd love it. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, as well as us all, the NFL is a copycat league and everyone's starting to do, you know, uh, 12 personnel, 22, whatever the case may be. We saw the chiefs do it uh, last season, especially in the super bowl. So yeah, I think it works out really well to have these multiple tight ends here. And now on to the Miami Dolphins and their three-round mock. They have picks 51 and 84 in the first uh, three rounds. And uh, Luke Weipler is the top guy available on, on this board. And Weipler is a perfect Mike McDaniel kind of center. And the center is a very important position in that offense. So definitely worth uh, considering there. Uh, we gave Joe Tippett to the Jets. Matthew Bergeron we gave to the uh, Patriots. Uh, uh, Cody Mock uh, could be a center, but I think he's more of a guard uh, Zach Charbonnet. Now, if the Dolphins want to like uh, make an early pick at running back here, they could very well go with Zach Charbonnet. Yes, uh, they recite a lot of uh, running backs like uh, Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson to like uh, one-year deals, though. And uh, McDaniel might want a long-term guy at, at the running back position. Charbonnet is a do-it-all kind of back that would be great uh, for his offense. But uh, Luke Weipler also treats me here too. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think we need to uh, really really improve that offensive line kind of first and foremost. I think um, that to me is probably the biggest need right now and really kind of across the board, you know, Teron Armstead's getting up there in age. Liam Eikenberg has been up and down, you know, there's uh, a lot of question marks throughout kind of this entire starting group here. And so like, like you said, Luke Weipler, the center position, really important in a, in a zone scheme because you need to be the center's got to be able to move because they got to help on double teams. They got to be able to get to, you know, the second level and Weipler, I think is somebody that can come in and then uh, help them do that. So I, I like Weipler here. Yeah. Luke Weipler, the pick at 51 overall and now back on the clock at 84 to conclude this three round mock for the Dolphins. They don't need another speed receiver and uh, Jalen Hyatt, uh, Trent Simpson from Clemson's a very intriguing prospect, but I think they're pretty much set at their off ball linebacker position. Uh, right now take Bigsby is the best running back on the board right now and uh, he's a more of a power runner though uh, Moro Ajomo if you want more uh, defensive line depth 
Sydney Brown, uh, y- y- but they already have uh, Javon Holland, who- who's amazing. But uh, yeah, you got Brandon Joseph, but Brandon Jones is coming out of contract. Sydney Brown and Javon Holland could be the perfect pair of safeties for Vic Fangio. Yeah, I- I'm a I'm a big Sydney Brown fan myself right now. I uh, yeah. you know. Fangio would probably love him, don't you think so? I got to see him at the at the combine. He really impressed there, and you know you're right. I I think safety is another position quietly that um that Miami can improve upon, and you know any especially in the Vic Fangio defense. Yep. Whatever you can get. Two safeties, not uh, one. With Jalen Ramsey, yeah, I I like Sidney Brown here. I'm I'm with you, so I think we'll uh, we'll roll with him. Yes, it doesn't hurt to make a strength a strength of the Dolphins do exactly that here with Sidney Brown at 84 overall to conclude this three-round mock draft for them. And now the Buffalo Bills on the clock at pick 27. Darnell Wright, for some reason, is still here. If he's here, he has to be the pick. He'd be the best tackle they've had in quite a while. Yeah, we're, we're going to go with Darnell Wright here. You know, we, we obviously just got done talking about him and the possibility mm-hmm. of him being on the board. And, you know, now Josh Allen can feel a little better. Uh, about his protection I think we can you know go you know maybe edge rusher maybe uh John Michael Schmitz is still here if if for some reason John Michael Schmitz lasts this long to 59 overall and the Bills do get a Darnell Wright in the first round double dipping on the offensive line right here is not a bad idea whatsoever just improve that protection for Josh Allen and keep his body healthy I I think you know 59 is a really good value here as well too for for a guy that I think could potentially be a, a late first, early second round pick. I mean, I'm not even sure. You know, we we talked about him as an option for the Jets uh, in the early 40s, and who knows if he'll even be on the board. So I think 59 is, you know, uh, is really good value here. Yeah. So should we make John Michael Schmitz the pick here? Yeah, we'll we'll go with we'll go with Schmitz here, and see All what right. we have on the board in terms of. You know, either wide receiver or maybe an edge running back or edge. Yeah, take Bigsby, the uh, best running back on the board here at ninety-one uh, for the Bills. Uh, let's see, uh, Luke Schoonmaker from uh, Michigan. Uh, a lot of people think that uh, his numbers weren't uh, that good at the Michigan office because of the quarterback situation. That if you put him in that office with Josh Allen, he could uh, prove to be a dependable uh, target. Although they did uh, resign uh, Dawson Knox. Uh, for what's that's worth. Ty J Spears, if this guy is available here and uh, you're not too troubled by his uh, history of knee injuries, he would be perfect for the Bills here. He would immediately become the best running back in their running back room. And again, somebody, you know, sound like a broken record saying the word senior bowl, but <laughs> he it, was the stud there. For a lot of these players, yeah. and another example is Ty J. Spears. You know, he had that viral play where he, he made that like sick, like move um, on that uh, the one catch. Yep. And uh, he he kind of laughed when I <laughs> I asked him about it too. He just thought it was just kind of a, a simple play here. You know, yeah. You, you talk about someone that could add some explosion uh, in that backfield. You know, yeah, they have uh, Naheem Hines. They have, uh, you know, some guys back there. But um, you talk about somebody that's going to bring some explosiveness to that backfield. I think Tajay Spears is a is is a really good uh, 
really good guy. And I mean, a pick 91, you know, you're, you're not too worried. You know, you, it's similar to like last year when the Eagles took Nicole Dean. Obviously, Dean had yeah. all those major injuries. They landed him in the third round. I think you're kind of, you know, it's a, a similar situation, although obviously Spears wasn't looked at as a first round talent like Nicole Dean was. But in, you know, in terms of just the injury risk, I think it's kind of a similar uh, boat here. Oh, absolutely. And uh, the Bills also have a James Cook uh, there as well. But uh, for as good of a receiving back James Cook is, Taiji Spears is has the potential to be a great receiving back, and he's a better inside-the-tackles runner than uh, James Cook. So Taiji Spears, an absolute no-brainer pick here to give the Bills a deep uh, running back rotation, and that will definitely allow uh, Nike Mines to focus uh, more full-time on uh, return duties, which he absolutely excelled at for the Bills, particularly in that uh, game at the end of the season that they dedicated to DeMar Hamlin. And he is Billy Rossetti, ladies and gentlemen, of the USA Today Jetswire. Follow him on Twitter at Billy underscore Rossetti. Thank you, Billy. And that's it for today here on Sports Crunch. But we'll be back in just a few days as our 2023 NFL Draft Divisional Tour concludes with a stop in the NFC East, where our good friend Bill Carroll of Team NBS Media will once again join us. So stay tuned. Also, be sure to follow me on Twitter at DCROM59 and on Instagram and now TikTok at Sports Crunch with DCROM. And remember, that's Crunch with a K. For Billy Rossetti, this is David Cromwell saying so long, and whatever you do, please choose love, please choose kindness, please choose compassion, please choose selflessness, and please choose empathy, which are the core characteristics of the best teammates and teams in all sports. Until next time, cats and kittens, stay cool.